We look forward to that day, Lord, when you come back, when we see you face to face and you take over the earth. We give you praise, Father, and ask that you bless the rest of our time and just ask that you join us here. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We could do that all day. I could do that all day. Well, welcome. My name's Steve Hammes, and we are in the second to our last in our series called Given. We're going to talk today about the word connected. And today we celebrate a very important day, which is Palm Sunday and getting ready for Easter. And I grew up in a, in a tradition, a faith tradition, that really made Easter, the preparation for Easter, special. And we observed Lent and, and really focused our hearts so when we got to the Easter day, it was a really special day. But Palm Sunday was always the day that we got the palm. And the biggest thing about Palm Sunday was learning how to twist this thing into a cross. All right? Did anybody else ever do that? You, you fold it and... Okay, so there are some former people who used to do this with me. But as I've gotten older, I've realized the, the true meaning of Palm Sunday and how important it really is. And I wanted to do something different today. I wanted to try to bring that into today. And um, I want you to join me in and looking at this through the eyes of a potential eyewitness and doing it by reading journal entries from this person. So let's travel back in time to April of 33 AD, which is when most scholars recognize that this is when Jesus had his last week here on earth in his ministry. Entry, April 33 AD. I've got so much to write. Tremendous things have happened this week, and I believe I've met the Son of God. It's Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Word about him has been spreading like a fire through a dry brush, and I had to meet him. Two months ago, I traveled through the neighboring village where it was rumored that Jesus would be there with his disciples. So I arrived mid-morning, and I headed straight to the temple where I saw A crowd of people assembled around every door, and I realized that the temple was completely full. So I got as close as I could, and I could hear Jesus teaching inside. So I stood and I listened for about an hour, and it felt as if I were hearing Scripture explained to me for the first time. It made sense to me, and it was a new feeling for me. I wanted to meet him, so I waited around, When he left, he walked by me, and I tried to get close to him, but there were so many people I couldn't get close. There were hundreds of people, sick, suffering from disease, and they were all asking him to come over to them at the top of their voices. And it seemed chaotic, but yet it was so sincere that I was moved to have compassion for these people. So I got closer, and I managed to get next to two of his disciples, Peter and James, And they were helping to control the crowd and give Jesus some space. And as he talked with the people, he listened so intently that it seemed that they were the only person there. As he went by, I witnessed this woman. She reached out and she touched his robe. And he instantly stopped and he turned around and he said, Who touched me? And I looked at the woman and she shirked away. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. I have felt power go out from me. And I thought, how could you know that somebody touched you with so many people around? And he said, somebody touched me. 
And I looked at the woman and she started to cry. And she stepped forward and she said, it was me. And she explained her desperate attempt to be healed from years of bleeding by simply touching him. And she said that the minute she touched him, she knew that she was healed. And Jesus looked at her and he said, your faith has healed you. And I seek to understand how this works. Entry. I met with the men from our village today at the temple. And I heard more about Jesus and his teachings. He seems to know scripture much better than our own scribes and our Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And there were a lot of accounts of how Jesus had successfully argued with them about their proud way of life. And he got them so angry that he had to leave. And there were also many accounts of unexplainable healings. Two men from our village got healed by Jesus. And there was a man on an adjacent island who's been demon-possessed for years and years. And Jesus healed him. And now he's going around preaching that Jesus is the Messiah. Entry. Today I traveled for six hours to a village to see Jesus again. And I listened to him teach a crowd of people about the kingdom of heaven. This man speaks with such authority. And he said today that if the temple were destroyed, that he would rebuild it in three days. And I don't understand how this could be possible. Isn't this blasphemy? But yet he speaks with such authority. I met Peter today, one of Jesus' disciples, and we spoke at length. And I asked him if he believed that it was true that Jesus was the Messiah, the one that we've waited for. And Peter says he believes it's true. He's never met anyone like Jesus. The prophets of long ago told us in Scripture that we will have a Messiah to save us Jews. We live under this constant oppression of the Jews or of the Romans. And maybe today, maybe now is the time that God's going to send us this Messiah. And maybe this Messiah will conquer the Romans. Could, could this be? Could, it be? could it be that now is the time? Will he assemble his own army? How will he conquer this vast army? I don't understand. Much to think about. Entry. It's late, but I must write. I spent the entire afternoon on a hillside with thousands of people listening to Jesus teach, and nobody left, and nobody made a sound. We listened attentively for the entire afternoon. I sat in front just behind Matthew and Andrew. And Jesus, he speaks in stories. He speaks in stories that I understand. And he talks much about the kingdom of God, like he's been there. And wisdom just seems to pour out from him with such elegance, but yet with such authority. And then as it got dark, I heard the disciples tell him, Jesus, let the people go. They haven't eaten all day. And Jesus said, you feed them. And the disciples said, how? And he said, well, what do you have? And they responded that they had five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus asked them to get some baskets, and he proceeded to break the bread and the fish into the baskets. And then he passed them out, and they went through, and we all had food. We all had food. 5,000 people of us ate everything we needed, and there was food left over. Who is this man? Could it be 
that he's really the Messiah? Entry. Capernaum is a day's walk from me, but I heard that Jesus was there. It's his hometown. So I walked there to his home. There were so many people there. And I stood next to the window so that I could see in. And I watched Jesus preaching to the people. And all of a sudden, we were interrupted and somebody was cutting through the roof of the house. It was so chaotic. And they lowered a man on a mat that had been paralyzed from birth. And the room grew so silent. And Jesus looked at him. And the man looked at Jesus and he told the man, your sins are forgiven. I don't understand. And neither do the teachers of the law. Isn't, isn't this blasphemy? And Jesus said, which is easier for me to tell him that his sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? And he told the man to stand up and walk, and he did. He stood up and he walked. I am amazed at this man. Entry. I am convinced that this man is special. I spent the day at the home of Simon and Andrew, and Simon's mother-in-law woke up this morning, and she had a really high fever. She was terribly sick. And Jesus simply reached down and grabbed her hand, and he helped her up, and she was instantly healed. He spent the entire day, I watched him with my own eyes, heal people all day long. They were sick they were demon-possessed, and he healed them all day long. I know several of these people. I'm astounded. This man truly loves people like I've never seen. His humility is so disarming, and his compassion for people knows no end. Entry. <laughs> My excitement for this Jesus continues to grow. Every time I go see him, there are hundreds and even thousands of people who come. And the authorities have tried to arrest him several times, but every time they've had to let him go. But there's word that there's a price on his head. He has said that he's the son of God. He has said that he's a king. And I seek to understand this. Word has spread that if Jesus truly is the Messiah, something's going to happen soon. And this is so exciting. How would he ever overtake the Romans? And what, what type of government will he put in their place? Entry. Word about Jesus has spread everywhere. He is the constant talk wherever I go. He fed 4,000 people the other night with only seven loaves of bread. Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. And Jairus' daughter, she had died, and Jesus went over to his home, and he raised his daughter from the dead. The entire town witnessed this. A man who had leprosy came up to Jesus and asked for healing, and he healed him instantly. In Bethsaida, a blind man asked Jesus to heal, and Jesus healed him by simply putting saliva on his eyes. We have never, ever seen something like this before. The authorities are very worried, and they're spending much time behind closed doors because Jesus has become the central person that we learn about God. Entry. 
I can hardly wait to write about the events of today. I came to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And I came early because there's usually 80,000 people in Jerusalem, but this week it swells to several million people. It's so crowded, so hard to get around. I decided to come early. And when I arrived, I asked, has anybody seen Jesus and his disciples? They told me that he was in Bethsaida at the Mount of Olives. It's 2,700 feet up the mountain. It took three hours for me to get there, but I got there. And I saw Simon and Andrew, and I found the rest of his disciples in Jesus. There were hundreds and hundreds of people following Jesus wherever he went. He's such a patient man. And I heard Jesus tell two of his disciples to go into the village. And when they got there, there was a donkey and a colt, and they were to untie the colt and bring the colt to him. And if anybody asked, what are you doing? They were supposed to reply that the master needs it and he will bring it back later. And the disciples left. An hour later, I saw the disciples coming back with the colt and I stopped them and I said, did anybody ask you what happened? And they said, yes, it was exactly like he said it would be. The disciples then put their cloaks on the colt. And Jesus sat on the colt. Everybody started to cheer so loudly. Was this, was this really the moment? I have only seen our king ride the colt. He only does it in times of peace because it's a sign of peace and royalty. Nobody sits on the colt, yet Jesus was sitting on the colt. And everybody started to cheer and they started to go into the woods and cut palms off of the trees. And they came back and they waved him at Jesus. And they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And Jesus started to come and the colt got closer. So I took off my colt and I, my cloak and I laid it in front of the colt. And then I could feel the breath of the colt on my face. And I saw the dirt on his hoof and I stood up and I locked eyes with Jesus. And I stood there for what seemed to be an eternity in the intersection of faith and doubt. Was this or was it not the Messiah? Is he my Messiah? And I stared into the eyes of Jesus. And he looked at me and he smiled. And I knew that he loved me. And I said, Hosanna! Hosanna! You're my Messiah! You're my Messiah! And Jesus started to go down the hill and everybody started to cheer and all the people in Jerusalem looked at us and we looked at them and we went down the road into Jerusalem and as we entered the city, everybody parted ways and they said, who is this man? And we said, it's our Messiah! It's our Messiah. And they cheered. And the bewilderment on their faces and the amazement on their faces was no end. And we made our way over to the temple. We got to the temple and it was dark. And Jesus dismissed us after saying a few words and he went home. But we didn't go home. We stood late around the fires and we talked among ourselves. Is he really the Messiah? And how did the Messiah come? Why did he come so peacefully without a plan? When was he going to take over the government? When would the revolt happen? 
entry. As I ponder these events, Jesus' actions make me realize one of two things has to happen. Either he will be arrested and killed, or he will take over the Roman government. But undoubtedly, this will happen soon because Jesus forced the hand of the government. And I'm sure there's little time for things to unfold. Entry. Today began by seeing Jesus at the temple. Jesus entered the temple and he turned over all of the tables of the money changers. He had said that they had turned it into a den of thieves. And the authorities caught up with them and they questioned him and they said, Where do you get this authority to do these things? And Jesus reasoned right back with a question that they couldn't answer and they left. Entry. It was an eventful night last night. Apparently, one of Jesus' disciples, Judas, led the authorities to where Jesus was staying, and they've arrested him. Everybody has scattered. I can't find any of his disciples anywhere to be found, and nobody who was following him is to be found. We are afraid. Entry. Jesus appeared before Caiaphas today. I saw him as he went in. He was bloodied and beaten, and he was quiet. He's done nothing wrong, but this crowd has blood on their minds. Entry. It is with great sadness that I write that our Messiah has been killed. Words cannot express the sorrow and grief that I feel. Those of us who love Jesus have gathered and we're consoling each other and we feel as if the air has been stripped from our lungs. We feel discouragement. We realized as we were together what the prophet Zechariah said. He said, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughters Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations, and his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. However, we were talking and reminding ourselves of the very thing Jesus said that we wonder. He said he would die, but he would rise again on the third day. Could it be? Could it really be? Wow. This sets the stage for the most important week in the world's history. It's amazing. Jesus in just one week would be crucified on a cross. This very crowd would turn against him. You see, when Jesus came from the Mount of Olives down and they could see him coming on a colt, nobody rode a colt. Only kings rode a colt. And by him coming into Jerusalem, he was saying that he was the king. And he forced the hands of the Roman government to do something. They can't have two people proclaiming themselves king. So Jesus was putting in forth motions that would be his own death. And it's an amazing thing. You know, Passion Week, that's what this is called, this upcoming week. It's a time that Jesus spent preparing his disciples for what was to come because it wasn't anything that they expected. It was entirely different than what they expected. And you guys, after all these years, from 33 AD to now, we're no different than these people. 
You see, Jesus did something that day when he rose from the dead that none of us could do. Not only did he conquer sin and conquer death, we stood from the outside as did the disciples, as did all those people not connected to Jesus. And when he rose from the dead, he connected him to you, him to me for eternity. But he also connected you to each other. He connected me to you as a brother in Christ, you as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're connected for eternity. It's just awesome. So how many of you ever played with a light bright when you were a kid? This will show our age, right? So for those of you who don't know, a light bright was a toy that had a bunch of little holes and a light behind it, and you would put this black picture on it. You would poke the little plastic things through the hole, and the light would shine through. And when you got enough of the light bright pieces in, you could tell what the picture was. And I so often think we're so much like the light bright pegs that when you put them in the light bright and you let the love of God and your faith and what you believe shine through, enough people do that in the church and people see what Christianity is all about. It's our faith. It's what we believe. It's being connected to each other that shows the love of God. So I just want to encourage you with a couple things this week. I want to encourage you to take some time out this week and prepare your heart for next Sunday. I encourage you to just read about Passion Week. You can go to any of the Gospels, but if you want to just start at Matthew 25, grab Matthew 25 and just read through. But carve out some time this week and just you'll realize what an important, tremendous week this was. And Jesus' last words that he spoke, all the teaching that he did this week, knowing what was coming. It's amazing. So I want to do that. I want to encourage you in that. And then secondly, I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is and he's not your Messiah, there's no better day. There's no better day like today. Maybe it's something that you've put off for a while. Maybe it's something that you're afraid of. And I'll tell you, nobody loves you more than Jesus Christ. And if today is the day that you would like to give your life to the Lord, I'd love to pray with you. I'd be honored to pray with you. So after service coming up, I'm going to close this in prayer. But lastly, as you prepare your heart for this week, if there's something that is on your heart that you need to just lay at the altar today so that you can get your heart ready for Easter, I also encourage you to come up and pray. I'm going to ask Greg to come up as well. And just take a minute here. And just, just pray for you. And afterwards, if you want a prayer, come on up. So, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for what you did on Palm Sunday. Jesus, you rode down into Jerusalem knowing that it would start the clock turning for your death. But you did it willingly. You didn't object. You didn't speak a word. You didn't try to get out of it. You walked so bravely into it, Lord, and you pronounced that you are the king. Lord, we could never repay you for that. You proceeded to go through this week and be flogged, be beaten. You proceeded to have everybody turn on you. You allowed them to stick nails through your wrists and to hang you on a cross, completely innocent, willing to go all the way to death for each one of us because you loved us. How was it that you could look at the people yelling, crucify him, and yet love them? How was it that you could have the very people turn their back on you that you created 
and yet you love them. And we stand here today, Lord, still able to take advantage of all that you did for us to have eternity together and to have a personal relationship with you as our Messiah. I thank you for that, Lord. I ask this week as we prepare our hearts for Easter to celebrate your victory in rising from the dead and conquering sin and death once and for all, Lord, that you would help us. I pray that you would speak powerfully to us this week as we do this, Lord. Holy Spirit, just show yourself for who you are. Show up in our lives this week. Give us the courage to talk to others, to be a light to others this week. Invite them to church. Lord, to just be free to share the faith that you so freely gave us, Lord. I ask this for my brothers and sisters in this room that we would be a powerhouse this week in your name. And all these things, we give you praise and we give you glory. Amen. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.